This is the Sky's Blue Podcast. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Sky is Blue podcast. Unfortunately, not looking forward from Chesterfield's perspective to the playoff final this weekend. That's uh, the pleasure of Torquay United and Hartlepool United to get there. But uh, Chesterfield gave it a valiant effort, losing against Notts County. I'm sure we'll talk about that match. There's plenty of talking points uh, from that perspective. We'll also be talking about the retained list and uh, um, all sort of other things and looking forward to the new season starting in, in August. But, yeah, we've got to start with the playoff performance against uh, Notts County and, you know, look at that and analyse that. Paul, big mistake in not replacing Montgomery? Yes or no? I, 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 I don't think it's a mistake not to have a goalkeeper on the bench because the chances of needing one are, uh, are remote. But when you've got a lame keeper, would you have put in Will Evans in goal at that point in time with half an hour to go? Yeah, that's a difficult one, isn't it? It is a quandary for because uh, it, it can't be reviewed, sort of viewed as a mistake because he has only played a reserve keeper once, I think, in any any of his games. So it's a consistent basis that he's gone on. Uh, statistically, it doesn't happen very often that you have to change your goalkeeper. Um, people may point to the fact that, yeah, okay, giving up three points, but this is a, a one-off game, isn't it, uh, where you take the risk. Now, had Montgomery shown any uh, injury prior going to the game? Well, obviously not. Otherwise, he would have put a goalkeeper on the bench, wouldn't he? So this was a unique incident. Um, they could have made a substitution in extra time. There's four, isn't there, that you can make overall. Um, I probably think they would have stuck with the goalkeeper initially to to start with and see how it had gone on. But, of course, by the time you would have thought about that, the equaliser went in, didn't we? So it was all a bit of a moot point, really, I think. Uh, in the end, he was rather left sort of waiting then for extra time. Um, so I think, I, I just think he made it a good feeling not to go with it, and it was the wrong one. Yeah, and of course, Stuart, history in uh, playoffs, Andy Beasley, Tommy Lee, goalkeeper yeah. <laughs> injuries and Chesterfield in playoffs go hand in hand. Well, they do, don't they? Yes. it. Um, oh. Usually it's our own players doing it, isn't it, as well, in the case of... Somebody did say during the course of the play at the, of the county game that one of our defenders was, was having a Nicky Law game or something like that. And me, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we ended up with it, you know, with the goalkeeper being injured, but I, I, I don't criticize James Rowe for not having a keeper on the bench. I mean, it, 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 it's his policy given the number of substitutes he has at his disposal. Um, Notts County didn't have a keeper on the bench and there's somebody delighted in telling me on Twitter, well, they didn't need to. So, you know, Obviously, we should have consulted Doris Stokes or somebody before we we did our team selection. Um, yeah, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn McCordland is an advisor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Captain Hines. I, 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 I sort of saw us hanging on until extra time started and then putting Evans in goal. Um, just in the end of it, I well, 
it, it's a shame the game's 90 minutes, isn't it? Because if each game we played against Notts County had been 89 minutes, we'd have won all three of the blessed things this season. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I said, as in the uh, Radio Sheffield commentary, as soon as James Montgomery was, was lame, I, I mentioned the inevitable 1987 Gillingham. Jim Brown 10-0 incident, mm. and while at no stage was I expecting 10 goals, uh, I, I think when we saw uh, a substitute warming up, definitely myself and Adam on the commentary thought it was going to be for the goalkeeper and put um, yeah. put Evans in. What did you think, Daz? Would you have would you have made a change and, and put an outfield player in goal at that point? He, given given he hadn't. Uh, Throw the dice and, and put the keeper on the bench. The only logical thing was to put everything, uh, both for his brief but um, fantastic short performance against Emsfleet years ago. But the other fact was, I mean, his physical stature is is that of a keeper, and in hindsight, of course, he went to sleep on both the um, the second goal and the third goal. Um, maybe had he been in goal. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's the only way he'd have kept it out, wouldn't he? Because, yeah. you know, our goalkeeper was static and stuck on his goal line. Would Will Evans have come out and commanded his area and caught the ball? Yeah. You know, no chances are he'd have been told to stay on the goal line and everybody else would have would have been told to kick the ball away from him, you know. But, um, uh, you know, without, without attacking any individuals... What's gone is gone, isn't it? Um, no. I, I the just, referee. I, yeah, I just thought the whole game was a microcosm of the season, really. And he had so many highs and lows. Um, I think overall we were as good, if not better than them. I thought tactically he got it absolutely spot on. Um, they had lots of possession, did absolutely zero with it. We've given them two of the three, and you could arguably say. You know, there were three poor goals to concede. Um, and our second goal was as good as anything I've seen in a while from us, football-wise. Mm. You know, Tyson, the man who you would have put your mortgage on to take one of those two one-on-ones, didn't. This wasn't our day, was it? This wasn't our day. No, no, you mentioned the Chesterfield second goal. And, uh, you know, what a quality piece of play, Jack Clark. Uh, uh, Danny Rowe in, involved on there, and it, it was it was an absolute thing of beauty, Paul, wasn't it? It was, and you know, having Notts County going up the other end and very nearly uh, very nearly scoring uh, as well, for Chesterfield then to counter attack that way, you know, Danny Rowe switching over to the the far side, Clark running through, getting into the area, Mandeville taking in an attacking position whilst Rowe was back. For him to finish like he did was a fantastic, uh, fantastic goal. And it really showed what a threat to Chesterfield were throughout the course of the, the game. It was a cracking game. Um, you know, two sides going at it. It was completely against what a, a playoff would be. Had it been the first leg, it w- wouldn't have been anything like that at all. No. That's what the elimination game uh, is supposed to be like. And that's exactly what it was. Um, but a sublime bit of skill then from three players. We hope... Uh, we know that two of them will be with Chesterfield next season. Which you hope one of them who supplied it will be, of course. Yeah, that's uh, Jack, Jack Clark. Of course, the retain list come out. Um, I, th- I think we all know that the manager wants to sign Jack Clark, and, and Clark's 
in the latter stages of the season has really earned his place. And those that two number 10 role, him and Mandeville, have been the players, Daz, that have come to the fore, haven't they? So getting getting Clark on a deal, I'm sure, has uh, been one of the major things that the manager's been trying to achieve. Yeah, I, th- I think possibly from weeks ago, um, Clark may have known his fate at Aston Villa. And as soon as he started turning in regularly good performances, which he did for the last maybe six weeks of the season, I'm sure he was, you know, being encouraged to to maybe consider the next stage of his future with us. But bearing in mind his form, I'm sure he'll be in demand. It's just, have we been able to get to him early enough and get him committed? Um and offer him the right deal because we're not we're not a watch with money anymore, are we? Um, and he'll have been on silly money at Aston Villa. Let's hope he's he's banked plenty of it and he's prepared to take a, a serious wage cut. But I'd love to keep him. I think he's something different to the mix. And anyone that can run with the ball and handle it as comfortably as he does, he's got a great work ethic. Um, you've seen a goal or two from him as well, haven't we? So. Yeah, it'd be a great addition, and um, I'm sure we're trying to move heaven and earth to do it. Whether we've managed to get it over the line, only time will tell. And, and Stuart, along with Clark, we just mentioned Mandeville. He, you know, he was playing for a contract towards the end of the season, and absolutely earned it, didn't he? In the in the last few weeks, and that North County match was the first. Game all season, he played all ninety minutes as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing. He he's been involved in the sixteen for what all but four or five games last season. You know, which which is quite a staggering thing um, when you consider that there is a widespread opinion that we we haven't really sort of seen much of an end product until the end of the season. But uh, but as you say, he. Um, you know, he certainly came good. I think he probably felt settled in a role within himself in those last few games um, because, you know, the, the the regular sort of three, four, five team changes a week that we had been seeing um, in, in sort of April and early May, um, the team settled down for that. And I think he probably benefited from that, from knowing what was expected of him and, you know, what, what he should be doing. And he only did well. We've just talked about the second goal um, against Notts County, but the first one wasn't bad either, was it? (laughs) No. I mean, that was one of the cleanest strikes, wasn't it, that you could Mm. possibly possibly see as well. And, yeah, okay, maybe uh, Slocum should have done a bit better with it, but it's just simply the power beat him. You know, I I mean, I don't know what it looked like. It looked spectacular on television, Phil, but you got it from the completely opposite angle in the main stand. And I'm sure it was uh, even more spectacular as well, because you wouldn't necessarily seen the way it would have swerved into the top corner, you know, or or was arrowing towards that way, but it was a brutal strike. And that's something to really look forward to, to next, next season. Yeah. No, as I was saying with the, the injury, James Montgomery injury mentioned about Jim Brown and Gillingham and everything, um, on that free kick, I compared it to the likes of Peter Lorimer the, with the cleanliness of the, the strike and the ferocity, uh, the velocity, if you can say that. Uh, um, no, you couldn't really see the swerve, but, but you could tell 
but he hit it perfectly as soon as it left his uh, it left his boot. Slocum got yeah got got on it, but uh, um, I don't think there were many keepers would have kept that strike out on on that particular day. He hit it so cleanly, and it almost felt you you felt that it was going to go in. Chesterfield had ridden the storm in the early 15, 20 minutes down the left hand side. Chesterfield right. Carlisle was having a torrid time, wasn't he? And uh, uh, struggling to get into the game. But Chesterfield got a foothold on it and had started playing some some neat stuff. And you just felt that this could be uh, Danny Rose time, Daz, and, uh, and it was. And he too has, has, has really started to show what we hope to see on a regular basis in 40 odd games next season. Yeah, I mean, he. It's a hell of a strike. We we all know from playing football ourselves that the ball's rolling towards you. It's it's easier to pinch, but to hit a dead ball that cleanly and whilst it had some movements on it left and right, it was all still rising when it got to Slocum. I mean, mm. it was right out the as we were said out the laces, wasn't it? It was a terrific strike. And when I look back at his back catalogue just after he'd signed for the goals he'd had. Filed and so forth. This is not out of the ordinary. I mean, no. this, is not, this is not a one-off. He did one for Oldham at Exeter, which must have been 40 yards at least, and, and just tore into the top corner before the keeper even moved. So he, he's got a track record for doing it and winning free kicks around the edge of the box, which, in fairness to Mandeville and Clark, they're very good at. Um, immediately, you know, he's going to get the crowd on the edge of the seats, isn't he? No, he's going to step up. And it's the way he takes the run up at it as well. It's like a fast bowler, isn't it? It's tremendous. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, uh, and it was. It was a really, really clean, uh, clean, clean strike. And <clears throat> we've got a lot, lot to expect for, from from him to uh, to come. But overall, the performance over the ninety minutes. The, the result was disappointing, Stuart, of course, with that, especially with that last gasp goal from Ellis, who, to be fair, had been the Knotts hero, hadn't he? It, it, it was almost mm-hmm. written to the stars that he was going to s- score because he'd done so well defensively at the back. And he's only been there five minutes, hasn't he? He's only played 10 or a dozen games or so on, yeah. on loan from Tramir Rovers. But what a, what a hero he was for them, thwarting Chesterfield when they were on the front foot. Uh, but the performance overall forget the result, was was where it needs to be on a regular basis next season, doesn't it? Certainly. I don't think there can be any complaints about the quality of the performance over the whole 90, really. Um, we, as, as Paul said, the tactics were entirely right. You know, we, we went out there and we played our game. And I think to a great extent, they had to sort of fit in around us, you know. Uh, first 20 minutes, obviously, they they went off like a train, and you and you kind of had the sense watching it that um, you know sooner or later they're going to have to stop and pause for breath, and that's when you kind of come back and hit them, and that's exactly what we did. Um, yeah, you know, we got over the disappointment of the of the first um, equaliser, and you know made the game ours again in the second half, but uh, just tiredness, I think, and and obviously the the injury to to the goalkeeper um, was our undoing in the end. But without yeah. that, you know, I, I think we'd have been all right. And and, and as it, it bodes well, doesn't it, that the, the, the games when the pressure was really on Dagenham, Halifax, and to a degree not scouting, you know, the result wasn't right. But it shows that when the pressure's on, uh, this team can, can cope with it. 
absolutely and and come back from setbacks you know we were we, we were so dominant early on against Dagenham, weren't we, and fell behind much against the run of play. Then hang, hung on for 10 minutes while they could have got another one uh, and came back to win the game. And we just kept playing, didn't we, second half until the, the goal eventually came. And uh, similarly, you know, Halifax had a spell when they got it back to one apiece. Would have been very easy for heads to drop and so on. We didn't. Uh, giving away a soft equaliser after we got in front only minutes before it not. Again, the heads could have gone, never did. I just thought there was a maturity about the performance. That, that was something I would use for it. And, uh, and he does all go well because he's he's clearly tactically astute, as we've talked about many times, uh, James Rowe. But not only is he tactically astute, but he's got the players playing in the way he wants them to play. Yes, and... I assume, I've not studied every other team in the National League's retained list yet. I ought to, but I've just not. It's been too sunny outside and there's football going on on tournaments and things. Uh, But I would imagine Chesterfield, Paul, will have one of the smallest turnovers of their first 16, as it were. Mm. There's 13 players got out the door or whatever it is. But the, the, the 16 who've been in the squad for the yeah. last few weeks, is pretty much going to be the basis of the 16 that are going to be starting on August or whatever it is, isn't no. it, next year? And, yeah. and and there'll be a lot of clubs with a lot of turnover for various reasons. And for the first time that I can remember, a manager's done his team building during a season ready for next season rather than in the summer. Yeah, that's right. It's 13 players of um, who haven't been used isn't it? So, you know, it's uh, those, uh, the arguments for, for uh, those players are, are long gone, aren't they, really? Because they haven't been used since November time, December time, haven't they? So um, there's only a couple who've had to come in due to uh, to injury and, and, and whatnot. Yeah, I know you're absolutely right. Yanni, yeah. So, you know, it's the players that haven't been retained at other clubs, for example, some majority of them might have played all season. So, you know, uh, it's just a complete reboot. This one is fixed and sort of ready to go, isn't it? There's almost, there is a starting 11 there, isn't there? So, you know, they're re- ready to go for next season. Now it's just sort of improving the particular areas, you know, cover for all bases. I'm sure we'll talk about this in a, in a second. But, you know, there's, um, you know, cover for, for certain areas and who's going to come in, you know, and, and, and whatnot. So just to sort of bolster the squad, because every year you need to sort of reboot a little bit. You know, you should always bring in a player better than, you know, the one that you've just got rid of, you know, so you've got to improve in that basis. Um, and hopefully it's the one to, to get us promoted next year. Yeah, Yusuf and uh, Didanga, of course, aren't on uh, any list because technically they were on uh, on, on loan. Yeah. But with um, Asante out until uh, December and Tom Dent has obviously got to get fit, whether he'll be fit for... The big kickoff or not, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But, uh, um, you know, you've got to assume that the manager will be looking for a, a, another striker. I think you can assume that he'll be looking for somebody who's cover for George Carline, which seems to be the one position that there isn't any cover yeah. for. And you've got to assume with Hollis and Kerr, not necessarily, uh, uh, well, Hollis certainly not fit for a while and Kerr probably not fit for a while, that he might be looking for a defender and a as we speak, we understand that uh, 
uh, Jamie Grimes from Hereford is going to be uh, uh, announced just about as we speak, I think. So uh, that, that, that looks like being the um, at least stopgap centre-half replacement for, I suppose, Evans and Yarny combined, isn't it, really? Yeah, um, that's right. We, we've spoke about this before. The, the, the cover for Carline is paramount, isn't it? Uh, that's the one area where we... We think that uh, we're short. Fraser Kerr is that cover, and he's been signed, but he's obviously got to get fit again, hasn't he? So, um, so, so yeah, that's the one particular uh, sort of weakness that they've they've really gotten. Um, yeah, there's there's a if it is Jamie Grimes, then that's uh, that's going to come in at, at you know uh, into the squad. It's another left-sided defender, so it's uh, a good uh, attribute there because there ain't many of them in the league to be a. To be brutally honest, um, we've got about the same amount of them as England's got right backs. <laughs> I, th- I think so. Yeah, we've I mean, got three of them. We're just hoarding the uh, the left-sided defenders uh, that uh, that nobody wants. But there, there are going to be uh, exits from the from the club as well. Let's just say this is not a nailed down squad that we've got straight away. So uh, you know, to to like I say, they've got to reboot the squad in in little bits and where where he sees so players who've been given a contract and not necessarily going to be there at the start of the season. No, you've got to look at the likes of Martin Smith uh, uh, and um, uh, Cairo Mitchell not really yeah. being involved at the sharp end, have they? And uh, you know, may, maybe they're players that uh, could be potentially uh, um, horse traded. Joe Rowley's not been featured enough to get him fit as well, funnily enough. Yeah. And we, you know, Grant Smith. Uh, didn't didn't feature in in goal, and he was behind Montgomery, who have of course has been let go. Only I suppose Montgomery and Evans were the only two playing latterly. But uh, there's going to be some horse trading, Daz, isn't there? Um, with, with contractor players, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure most supporters see the retain list thing. You know, naturally they'll all be there come August. I suspect, like we've just been saying, that they won't. Um, I think there's a desperate need, and bringing Loach in kind of says to me Smith isn't going to stay and be a number two. At his time of his career, wouldn't have thought so really. Um, and maybe something's gone off between him and, and the gaffer. Who knows? But it, it was a strange all season for him, coming in, being dropped, coming back in, being dropped. It, it was all a bit odd, wasn't it? Uh, Joe was given his his contract very early on, really, wasn't he? In in um, yeah, post Boreham Wood, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and I think that was probably twofold. One because I suspect he was one of the larger earners on the books, and if they could get him onto a new extended contract, they could get him on less money. Um, but he obviously saw something in Joe at the time, and we've all seen something in Joe over the years, but. For him not to feature hardly at all, was he had 10 or 15 minutes as he saw maybe in the eight, I eight, think eight. he's only had about six starts. Stu might be able to let me know, but it's, it's not many. He's, yeah, five, um, starts, five starts in the National League and six sub-appearances, so yeah. 11 appearances. And, uh, um, you yeah. know, he, he, he played uh, against Dagenham and Redbridge for, well, just over half an hour. Uh, and at Woking, he uh, did he start? Yeah, started and played an hour at Woking, uh, and he played at Hartlepool 
in the three-one defeat as a substitute early on in the second half. So, so when he's come on as a sub in during May, he's come on for quite a long period of time as a sub. Uh, and when he started, he played for an hour or so. But um, you know, for a player who'd just been re-signed or signed on a new deal, I, I would have expected to have seen him for more minutes than uh, the, 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 than he actually did appear for. I mean, the, the Mitchell one was always an odd signing to me. It was almost, uh, I mean, I know we joked at the time we signed everybody centre forward so he couldn't play against us, but he <laughs> uh, just had, I think he'd had a decent claim for his national team and scored a few goals. came back and scored a few for Kings League. And then we signed him. Um, and he played quite frequently, bearing in mind that Santi was injured then. Um, in the first maybe three or four games. But after that, did he really? Again, not really featured. And, mm. and he, almost, he was almost determined to go one up top, two behind, all costs, rather than have to play Mitchell. So, has he got a long-term future with us? I would say it's debatable. Uh, mm. Also, for the same reason, worry a little bit about Tom Whelan, who... Um, I think we all agree he's a terrific talent, but seemed to lose his way. I know he had some issues with uh, with his uncle packing and everything that as well. But he never he, he never got a starting place back, did he, Tom, in the last six or eight weeks of the season? No. No, and it, it might be about the transition to being a full time footballer. He's not been yeah. he's not been that in his adult life, has he? So uh, you know, may maybe the the relentless pace of that has uh, has had an issue but uh, yeah we'll talk about tyson and, and denton shortly but we will talk about martin smith there has been somebody who's not been involved now as somebody who looks at statistics personally and james rowe is somebody who looks at statistics uh, he started eight times for chesterfield mm-hmm. and the results of those were beat eastley beat aldershot beat weymouth beat eastley again beat kings lynn beat Bromley six times he started on the winning side and the only two times he started and Chesterfield have lost were Maidenhead and Torquay so yeah he's got the best record of win percentages from starts of any Chesterfield player this season and he's he's not in the picture yeah I think I think that's quite a I I would have him in you know uh, if Curtis Weston's lame for example Mm. so I think he's He's a fine replacement for him, um, so I wouldn't be looking to uh, to move him out at all. Really, I think oh, I, you obviously don't know what goes off in training or anything, so at all. But uh, but to me, it looks okay. I, I, I haven't seen any any issue at all with him. He's, he's one of these players again, which fans seem to don't like because they think he doesn't do anything. Mm. You know, you know those that no, he's a defensive midfielder. Uh, to some fans, is a horrible footballer, and I don't understand it at all why no. they get pelters. I really don't. So yeah. you yes. know, and he, he appears to be one of those. Yeah, and, and those six wins out of the eight starts were all won by a margin of one goal. So they were tight games, and it's in tight games that you need your midfield engine room to be spot on, don't you? Yeah, exactly. So you know, I, I, I just don't understand it. It seems okay to me, but then again, he might have had a fallout with the manager. I don't, I don't know. Yes, I don't uh, really I, know. I, I, so, absolutely. You know. And, you know, if, if you say that 
your, your two central defensive-minded midfielders are uh, Weston and, and Oyeleka. In terms of uh, cover for those, uh, you know, McCourt is clearly one. There's yeah. plenty of people who would have McCourt in as a as a starter. Um, but there's only that one cover, really. Yeah. Isn't there? yeah. There's only that one. So, you know, the other midfielders are, atta- are number 10 styles. Yeah. And McCourt throws himself about so much, you know, at full intense, 100% all the time, that he's going to get injured. So, you yes. know, that's how it, that's how he works. And he's a great player, McCourt, you know, for that doing that donkey work. Hmm. Um, but he gets injuries on the back of it. So, and and he'll pick up suspensions as well. He likes a yellow yeah. card. Yeah. So there's, there's no question about uh, no question about that. Uh, but we, we we just very briefly mentioned Scott Lowe signing on, experienced uh, mm-hmm. keeper. Um, you know, he <laughs> I saw Stuart's tweet recently about uh, Sam Hardy conceding six against Liverpool and then going on to play for England for 12 years. And Scott Loach was, of course, the Barnet keeper who conceded the six against Chesterfield earlier on. So uh, this season, or last season, I suppose technically it is now. Uh, but yeah, you know, a good person to have a have around uh, that level of experience, Stuart, isn't it? Well, he is. Yes, you know, he's been all over um, league and non-league football, hasn't he? With 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 various clubs. Um, still a good age for a goalkeeper. He's someone who I believe he has coaching schools in in Nottingham. You know, so that suggests that he has a mature and responsible attitude as an individual as well, which you know you can't always guarantee. Um, he, he looks like a fine keeper, and everybody that I see say anything about him say that you know he's the best in the division. Um, whether that's right or not, I don't know. Um, he must have had the misfortune to to have an absolutely dire defence in front of him, if that was the case last season. But uh, but a good signing, nevertheless. Um, whether it's good enough to, in just on a statistical point of view, to displace Smith, um, I don't know. But but you don't know what the story yeah. is with with Smith, do yeah. you really? But but yeah, he's he's, he's been at Barnet for the last couple of years. Uh, played 60 games. Of course, it was a curtailed season last year. But the previous two seasons with Hartlepool United, it, was, it looks so he's ever present both seasons. Mm, player know? of the season, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah, appearances in, 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 in two years. And at the beginning of his career, he was a, a regular at Watford. So mm, yeah. he's certainly been uh, been around and, and has got the sort of experience. Is, is he a Nottingham lad? Uh, he was yes, he is. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. So yeah, you know, he's obviously local in this area and probably wanted to uh, to, to to get back. So uh, yeah, although, he, but you know, he, he's come in and and given some uh, some some experience. Good age for a keeper, thirty three. So we'll have to see how that uh, how that pans out. We mentioned about Tyson and Denton. Uh, I, I think most people would have championed Denton's cause uh, to to stay, but does Tyson? Uh, um, I don't think there's too many people who are disappointed, but I think there's a lot of people who'll be surprised. Yeah, me for one. Uh, I thought the the two missed opportunities at Knotts uh, were probably his final hurrah, to be honest. Um, but he he's still got it when he's fit, and yeah. that threat behind his now um, he's still an impact player, isn't he? And um, I suspect he's on minimal wages now, and he's probably been quite, uh, you know, 
pay-as-you-play kind of thing with his injury record. Um, but if he's got the desire and the will to keep training every day and keep himself fit and all the rest, I, I reckon he's highly respected in the dressing room. Um, mm. You know, the stories that come back about him being a good pro, um, you know, to rub off on the rest of the squad. And it, Rowe seems to take a lot of store by characters. Um, then maybe it, it's just such a cheap addition that you, you don't want to do it. And, um, you know, he, he, won't, he won't cost us a fortune, but he may win us quite a lot of points, I suspect. And his, his impact, you were talking about an impact, you know, his impact off the bench at Halifax and at Bromley and uh, um, at Eastleigh a few weeks ago and yeah. Kings Lynn as well were, were there for all to see. You know, as a 25-minute player, he's still got he's still got something to offer, hasn't he? Well, that, that finish at Kings Lynn was something no one else at the club can do. To take the ball in, one touch, turn and bang it in the top corner at a time when we really needed a goal as well. Um, it's still something that only he, I think, in the entire squad can do. So, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I'm slightly surprised, but slightly disappointed. I know, I'm, I'm just looking, Stuart, at that King, at the stats on that Kings League game, and I, mm. I, I, I sort of uh, uh, not noticed this before, and uh, I'm sure we'll be able to. Uh, Check, of course, the two scorers, Tyson and Whelan, have both come off the bench. Scored yeah. with an, I suspect we've never had two substitutes scoring as close together as that. I can't imagine we have. There's quite a few occasions of two substitutes coming on and scoring, but um, not straight after the other like that. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's a It's now worried me why I hadn't seen that at the time. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm shocked with myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're losing it, Phil. <laughs> That's clearly what it is. It's clearly what it is. Uh, with another birthday coming up for the two of us next month, Daz, it'll be lost a little bit more as well before the new season starts. I'm, I'm absolutely sure. But Tom, Tom Denton, uh, I don't know if you, if you know, Daz is, is, is position in fitness when he is likely to. Because I, I think when we were counting the weeks when he was out, it was, oh, he might just be back by the end of the season type yeah. of thing. So uh, I'm not quite sure where he's at. I understand he's running in straight lines and he's... <laughs> Uh, well, you laugh at that. <laughs> How else do you run? But you know what I mean. He's, yeah. he's running in straight lines and his fitness is fine. He's going to move on to the next stage of his rehab, which is obviously more twisting and turning and that turning kind of thing. Turning corners, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. Twisting and turning as he runs a run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three point turn. Three point turns next. Then they'll do reversing around corners and then we'll be well away. On him. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I wonder if in cricket, if he's not allowed technically to field a short leg because he hasn't got any short legs, has he? Right. It's taking four hours to get down there, wouldn't it? Like, so. <laughs> long, long stop he'd be, wouldn't he? Yeah, Just lay yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, stop. But, um, no, but it gives it gives that plan B, doesn't it? That uh, hmm. uh, uh, that that we we did miss on a few occasions, particularly in that barren spell in April. Well, if you can name Tyson and Denton on a bench, then you've got a plan B and a plan C, haven't you? You know? Yeah. Um, whether think, or not we'll I be able to do that when we've only got five people on it, I don't know. But I think we beat Wills, don't if Tom comes off the bench. <laughs> yeah. I do, honestly. Yeah. Mm. I, just, yeah. I, I just think you get something off him, the knockdowns or he heads one in or whatever, and we yeah. haven't got that option, have we? No. Mm. No. In, that, in that 
barren period, we were conceding quite a few from set plays and second phase set plays, and he's the best set play defender we've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all talk about the goalkeeper at Notts. What if we'd have had Denton back there in the 90th yeah. minute? Yes, you know, I, I, absolutely right. Yeah, he, he, time and again, was the man who headed uh, balls away at corners and long throws and free kicks and everything along the, along those lines. So he he's certainly been missed in at both ends. Of the mm. box. Of, of the of the other release players, I don't think there's any surprises. Are Milan Butterfield? I think started to show promise, but clearly for whatever reason didn't uh, didn't didn't hit it off with the uh, the new manager style of play. But no surprise with Bowden and Buchanan and Coddington, uh, uh, Hutchinson, Mackay. A uh, little bit of surprise with Montgomery, which we mentioned before. Uh, Smith, Yarny, and Wharton. No surprise. But of course, Rawson and Sharman are the two. Paul. But yeah. uh, I, I think a lot of people would have liked to have seen stay uh, purely and simply because they're come through the ranked players. And that's that's obviously what everybody wants to see. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is a bit of disappointment from, you know, if you grow up as a, a Chesterfield fan, all you want to do is play for your hometown team. isn't? It's a dream which lots of young footballers want. And, you know, they've had it granted, you know, but it's been sort of taken away away from them on somebody's opinion, you know. So, you know, they might have contributed to it. Granted, again, you don't know what goes off in training at all, so I can't comment on that. But, you know, for them to sort of lose that status. And you just feel that if the, if if, if Chesterfield had an under-23s, they'd be right in there because players do develop late and these could have been you know, kind of nurtured a little bit. But, you know, that brings a whole different question of finance into it, isn't, doesn't it? And, you know, I, I think that they're just going to miss out on that particular particular time when Chesswell just don't have a reserve side and don't have an under-23s, and it's a real shame. Yeah, I, I think both of them would have been eligible to play the under-21s. Uh, yes. Yeah. But, of course, I think they were both furloughed. Uh, Daz, you probably know better than yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they were both sent out on loan, weren't they? Then the teams they went to yeah. playing or their league stopped, and they came back and went. Uh, as far as I understand, they were some, some of the players that went on furlough. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I thought Sharman had something. Um, he needed to develop physically, but you do at 18, 19, whatever it was. Um, he might. Have a right-sided centre-half or right of three that we don't appear to have many options in occur now. Uh, and presumably would have cost a fortune. Same for Ross. I mean, the two goals he took uh, at home to welcome with Perlis, uh, and, and it was his endeavour and absolute set-up Denton's winner at Yeovil, wasn't it, all those months ago? So, um, yeah, always sad to see youngsters go, hopefully they'll get picked up, they can drive the career somewhere else, but um, it, it maybe is more a sign of, of James Rowe thinking I need ready-made players and yeah. um, you know, not because we haven't got a reserve team as, as Paul quite right said you know, how are these how are these people to get football? You're either sending them out on loan or, or they're training all week and they never play matches, so it's very difficult. Well, I, I just want to add to to that as well that you mentioned a good point there about James Rowe wanting established players. 
Um, the two youngest players in the squad as it stands, Joe Rowley and Cairo Mitchell, two players that he might be trying to get rid of. Yeah. You know, so... Speculate. Um, exactly. So, you know, we are speculating, speculating, yeah, of course. But, I mean, they... It's an, it looks to me like an established win promotion now type of I want experience type of squad mm. that time. Yeah, of it, yeah. So it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you want to see young players, especially players from this area, come in and do well. Um, but but you ask any supporter what the priority is, and without any sentiment or any hesitation, they will say any way that we possibly can get out of this division upwards. Yes. Yes. You know. Um, and if a player isn't ready to come in and play sort of 20 or 30 or 40 games towards that target, then, well, there you are. It, 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 you know, it's a function of the situation that we're in, isn't it? That we don't have the money to afford to run a reserve team that plays friendlies or, you know, to, uh, we're going to have a 20-something um, squad size next season, which some may consider to be large. Um, we, you know, we can't have 30 players hanging about because as Paul's just said half of them wouldn't play every week you know yeah, very uh, difficult j- just just in case in case people are, are wondering when we sort of talk about no reserve side there, there is no reserve side but of course there is an under 21s and an under 19 side which is largely the same team most of them are mm. teenagers and and when they play in the under 21 matches they <laughs> yeah it's, it's virtually the same team that have played in the previous week's under 19 match mm. and they did um win what was termed the Spring Cup, which was a, a horridly put together competition with about, I think, about half a dozen teams in a mini league. And, uh, um, you know, they played each other once and the top two teams played off in the final. The teams that finished third and fourth played off in, you know, the plate or equivalent and the fifth and sixth played off in an, another one for the position. And Chesterfield, in the little round robin, the only game they lost was to Borough Victoria. Uh, um, and it was Borough Victoria and Chesterfield that finished top the top two teams, and they played in the final at um, Eastwood Town. Eastwood, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it's Eastwood Community Football Club now. Technically, it's not Eastwood Town. They folded a few years ago. Eastwood uh, CFC Community Football Club on a 3G pitch, and uh, Chesterfield beat Borough three two in what was an absolute crackerjack of a match. I uh, I went to watch it, and uh, Louis Sherbach. Uh, scored one of the goals, who's a very promising player, but he does drift in and out of matches, uh, another number 10 type style of player. Uh, Callum Murphy, uh, who's one of three lads from Ireland in the squad uh, and, and has got something about him. And uh, Ross McParland, uh, the son of Notts County uh, legend oh. in McParland, who was there watching Ross, who scored quite a few goals in mm. uh, in recent weeks so you know there's, there's one or two players that there's a long way for them to step up but i know the manager and certainly neil cluxton the the manager of the under 21s and the under 19s and paul lemon the scout are, are keen for one or two of them to train with the first team on a more regular basis so they can uh, at least be in the uh, uh, the view of the manager from uh, from from time to time and uh, yeah Sorry, Phil, would there be a possibility then that I know that they have been a professional, Rawson and, and Sharman, but, you know, could they then get signed by the, because, you know, the under 21s are not directly affiliated, are they, with Chesterfield? Is it, is it, that's the scenario, isn't it? They're, they're, they're affiliated, but it's a, it's run by, I, I think, the trust. I'm, I'm not, 
Yeah, yeah rather than the club. Yeah. But, mm. but Dylan Morton was a regular in the under 21s uh, this season and under 19s. He played a lot of games. So, uh, um, you know, he's a contracted player to Chesterfield FC and was playing in the age group. Yeah. So, yes, there is a route in for the younger players. Uh, and, and I'm sure Rawson and Sharman would have been playing had they not been furloughed, and that prevented them from being able to. Uh, but there is a, there is a possibility that they could go down to that that team, you know, uh, and play for them. Then. Yes. 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 Okay. Well, no, I've, I've seen a few of the games this season, and uh, um, yeah, they've 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 got some promising promising young players, and some of the teams that they played, they have been a couple of years older than them. You know, you can see, you can see just by 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 looking that some of the teams have had older older players who you know, are twenty twenty one rather than seventeen eighteen yeah. nineteen like most of the Chesterfield players. But but certainly uh, Ross McParland has got a lot to learn as a striker. But his his movement, his anticipation is very good. Uh, he probably needs to step up his fitness level a little bit. And um, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to see him still at the club next season. Certainly, Callum Murphy. Uh, um, has, has, has done pretty well. Um, there's one of the lads I just can't quite remember which one he, which one it is. I know Paul uh, Kelly had, had said he's one of the midfield lads who's scored, scored 20 odd goals this season from midfield. In, in those goals. You're shouting at you now, Phil. Paul Kelly's shouting at you right now and saying his yeah, name. Catch that, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> is it Keane Tensley? Yes. And of course, whilst they. Uh, Whilst they won their Spring Cup, the equivalent in the women's team, Chesterfield uh, FC women, they lost after extra time to Lincoln United in the final of their uh, you know, little cup competition. Trevor Clifton Trophy, I was at the final there. That was at Arnold Town. Uh, lost to a, a free kick, a direct free kick um, that went in off the post against Lincoln United. And uh, both of those teams applied to get promotion to the higher level. Initially, Lincoln United were awarded a, a position and Chesterfield were turned down. But uh, I think the club uh, went again and asked again and have been awarded a position in the higher league. So uh, bearing in mind that defeat was their first since November 19, November 2019, it, it was deserved. And the team that beat them in November 19 was Lincoln United. So they were clearly the best two sides in their section. So well done to Michael Noon and uh, and the coaching staff. And I was lucky enough to be invited to travel down with the team to the final. And it's a really good close uh, uh, team. And I think I think they'll compete well at the high level. Yeah, it's good to hear that. So yeah, and uh, I'm glad they've been rewarded for that as well. They seem like a good good uh, set of players as well that they've they've got there. So uh, it's good to see. I've just realised I've been on about I was, when you were on about Scott Loach, I was talking about Jamie Grimes. <laughs> uh, I can edit. That. It's interchangeable. Goalkeepers, <laughs> halves, almost the same thing. Yeah, that's good. That's going to the end of season edits, I think. Uh, yeah, well, we've we've not really talked about. Uh, we mentioned about Jamie Grimes, but we've not really said anything uh, about him. Who knows anything about him? Well, I know he's a Chesterfield player now. <laughs> oh, has it been uh, officially just... announced whilst we're recording? <laughs> yes. yes, it has. Yes. yes. This is where mm. I come in and say he didn't have a great good game against us for uh, for Ebbsfleet when Nathan Tyson uh, did particularly well against him, scoring a hat trick in next to no time. <laughs> but he's a uh, he's another localish lad, Nottingham, yeah. lad, Jamie yeah. uh, Jamie Grams. But 
as a youth, uh, moved from Leicester City to, to Swansea. Uh, didn't play mm. in the Swansea uh, league team, played a little bit of stuff for, for uh, minor non-league teams at the time, like Forest Green Rovers. <laughs> huh. I wonder what happened to them. Uh, <laughs> and he's played for the likes of Kidderminster Harriers. Dover, he had a couple of seasons at Dover, played for Cheltenham, uh, Macclesfield. And then, obviously, when Macclesfield went bust, he went to uh, Epsleet United. And uh, latterly has been at, at Hereford, the reincarnation of Hereford United. So, you know, being around a bit is uh, 30 years of age. So, um, y- y- you have to see him, perhaps, uh, Stuart, as being a, a stopgap until Hollis is fit. Well, that's prob- perhaps why he's been brought in, certainly. But, um, you know, hopefully he'll play well enough to uh, to, to, to give... James Rowe a decision to make when Hollis is fit again um, or when Kerr is fit again. Yeah, it. Uh, he seems to have been highly regarded at Hereford, doesn't he? I think he might have might he have been a player of the season down there. Um, and and I, you know, I'm sorry to see him go. I, I I think you know he's gone with good wishes and all of that, which is always usually a good sign. Um, but yeah, certainly cover for Hollis that we need. Um, I suppose cover for Aquasi Asante sort of style of play is is the next thing, perhaps. Um, hmm. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at the photograph with uh, James Ryan. Whilst James isn't the biggest man in the world, obviously uh, uh, Jamie Grimes d- does look quite quite a big lad, doesn't he? Six four, is he? I think something like that. Certainly a commanding presence. Hmm. Yes, uh, and in the, in the press release, I pride myself on being very strong aerially, and, and I like a battle. Well, that right. sounds National League, to be honest, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love a clean sheet, and everything else is a bonus. <laughs> Gosh, he does look. I'm just oh, looking at the same picture. Yeah, yeah, he'll have played. He played at Wembley. Played for Harryford in the FA Trophy final. So yes. uh, there you go. Hmm. Of course, everybody who's listening to this now will already know that because they'll have read the press release that's come out while we've been yeah. talking. Yes. <laughs> Sol Campbell signed him, you know, for Macclesfield. Did he? Wow. My goodness. Well, here's a claim to claim. You would like he knows a decent centre half, wouldn't you? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. He does. And it was there was nothing wrong with that goal he scored against Portugal. Sol Campbell, nothing. No. Nothing. Well, I got many moons here. I know. I was I was in a pub on Grazing Road in uh, in London and got very wet with beer when yeah. it went in. And then of course there was all the ultimate disappointment because people had not got any beer left and the goal was disallowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a mightily disappointing three seconds at that point in time. And I'm sure if VAR had been around, it might have stood. But uh, there you go. There you go. So. Um, We've, so that's 22 players uh, on the books now. Hopefully, Clark will make it 23. Uh, um, no, no question about about that. And it is really just that right wing back, right back position that looks hmm. weak in depth. And I'm not talking about weak with George Collins. If he plays 40 odd games, that's fine. Yes. But McCourt's deputised in that uh, position, and the other deputy. Uh, um, from time to time was was Yarny, who of course is uh, mm-hmm. no longer there. We've had Whittle and Taylor playing right and left on brief occasions during this uh, 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 this season, so I suppose that could be an option. But is that everybody's number one position to try and strengthen at the moment? That right wing back. 
Yeah, I think you know, we've. For me, that and up front worries me slightly because Asante's such a different player to anything else we've got. Hmm. Uh, if we're, it's a bit sad really, but if we're kind of saying we don't think Mitchell will come up to scratch, then we need somebody more in the Asante mode to lead the line, uh, I would suggest, because he's out till December, January. That's assuming, of course, no setbacks. Yes. And um, while we're all sort of salivated at the thought of having Roe up front with Asante and uh, Denton and, 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 and Co coming off the bench, um, it's a long time to December in this league. A lot of fixtures to be played. I mean, you play the first month. So hmm. um, we can't afford a start like we had last season. And, and I think I think a replacement strike is key. I think we've got to do something to cover George with an actual orthodox um, right-sided player. The one name that keeps doing the rounds on social media, I don't know if you've seen it, is Jeff King from Halifax. Oh, well, he, he was their best player in the final match of the season, regulation season, wasn't he? And also destroyed us at our place as well. So I'd uh, I'd absolutely love to see Jeff King uh, uh, come in for Chesterfield. Uh, but I, I, I think people are probably bandying that around because he did so well in two games against us. Yeah. Yeah. And Halifax are still a, well. They're, a, they're they're what people refer to as a hybrid side, aren't they? They're, there's some full-time players, there's some part-time players. Oh, yeah. But, but uh, uh, you know, Jeff King would be for me uh, as good a uh, signing as you could realistically make for that position. But then he would be signing as cover, though, wouldn't he? But then what would you do? Put Carlisle yeah. at right-sided centre back. Well, yeah, before yeah. Kirk yeah. comes back, yeah. Hmm. After yeah. things have uh, after things have happened, King is twenty five, by the way. Mm. Just, uh, a bit young, bit young for a James Rowe signing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 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 has done the northwest. He, he's done the the northwest non-league teams: Altrincham, Prescott, Cables, Nantwich, Kendall, Trafford, Ashton United, Witten, Droylsden. Who are they? Uh, and then briefly went to Bolton Wanderers and played a. Um, a league game for Bolton Wanderers. So uh, um, that'll have been a time they were in free fall, I'm sure. Played uh, played on loan at FC United of Manchester and then bizarrely went to St Mirren. But, um, you know, obviously a, a northwest lad and he's, um, he's the nephew of the former Altrincham manager, John King. So, uh, so obviously that's why he, as a youngster, was at Altrincham, I'm absolutely sure. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him come in um very 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 impressed with what i've seen in the flesh from him this uh, th- th- this season and yeah i i agree with you daz on the striker from but you know let's think february denton asante and Rowe. will there be anybody who's got more variety in a forward line in the national league than that don't think so paul no, I, I think that's that's pretty good, uh, isn't it? You, <laughs> you imagine those three just walk into any sort of side in that particular league, and it's about utilising his his squad as much as he can as attacking force as well. If he just plays with one up front for the time being, he's got attacking midfielders, he's got wingers if he needs them as well. It's about having options, isn't it, really? And like he's got loads of them, even before they even sign 
any extra players, you know, so before they they move on as well. So you perhaps need a striker to bolster that that group, maybe. Um, as we mentioned before, it's just about cover, isn't it? Covering all areas, and that's what you need. Yeah, and also the ability to adapt. Uh, Stu, he's he's got players now who can play in that three four three or three four two one. Um, in a three five two, and as happened quite often in second halves when you're when you're chasing games four four twos. So he's got um, the ability to be able to to change on on the move, hasn't he? He certainly has, yes, and 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 he's got the sort of um, clarity of thought to be able to do it during games as well. Uh, he he set teams up doing slightly different things for uh, for different opponents, which I think is you know a good, a, a good way to go at it. And as you say, there are so many players, sort of especially in that midfield area, who are versatile enough to to play wide left if the need arises, or you know it, it, if you have to switch to a to a four man midfield, you can do um, quite easily. Uh, and we do seem to be particularly well covered in that area, yeah. Mm, no, no, no question about it. And you know, you, you look at your Taylors and Whittles as as direct competition, and we mentioned about the central midfield and everything along those lines. You know, it, it, bearing in mind we're in the National League, Daz, mm. are, are we at this stage on June the fifteenth? Are we at this stage? Have we got the strongest squad going into a season that we've had? Um, since, since the Paul Cook days, since 2015, probably. Bearing in mind the division that we're in, you know, you, you want it to be stronger when you're in League Two and League One. <clears throat> but, um, you know, in terms of with hope for what we hope to happen uh, next year, with what we've got already, that, that 22, 23 players, is it as good as we've had um, going into a season for a while? If I go back, Phil, as far as Danny Wilson's last season when he got us out of bother and then we didn't add to the squad. In fact, we proved the squad. Um, the chaos that surrounded Mr. Caldwell um, and some very peculiar signings and holes in the squad uh, in that fateful season. Um, Martin Allen was a patch-up put together try and get the old Barnett team to get us out of, uh, out of the division, which didn't work. Um, and last, you know, Sheridan last season, for me, didn't do what he needed to do. And then Pembell last, you know, this last time was left with his hands tied behind his back, wasn't he? Um, so, yeah, pound for pound, it's the most balanced squad we've had. I do think he'll make changes. And I do think we're overloaded in one or two areas, as we've talked about, number 10, maybe defensive midfield, and, and he might need a, a bit more nous and and stuff up front. But I'd take that, three players to have to look for, and a goalkeeper, if, if Smith you know, doesn't want to play second fiddle to Loach, um, than where we've been in the last five, six, seven years, to be honest, I think. And players with nows at this level and the level below and the level above, I think he's got a team of winners uh, with the right attitude. He's certainly a winner. Um, so, yeah, I think optimism will be high. I think season ticket sales from a conversation I had earlier today with Andy are going very, very well indeed. Uh, and they're hopeful of 
of certainly having more season ticket holders than uh, than they inherited from the old um, than the old regime. So, yeah, think things are looking positive, aren't they? Um, and it won't be many weeks, of course. It's it, what are we, eight weeks away or something, nine weeks away. It, it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, I've not even thought about it really. I've not uh, sort of uh, looked at the dates yet. But so far, all three um, three preseason games on there, Alfreton and Matlock, which I'm sure the new regime will have desperately wanted to play Matlock for sure to get that back on the calendar. Neither of those big surprises, but Bradford City at home, attractive uh, match, no doubt. Paul, um, eased by the fact that Lee Turnbull is now uh, a significant player at, uh, at Bradford City in the administrative side. Yeah, I forgot he was there. To be honest, uh, you know, it's been it's been whilst we've mentioned him, obviously the the links there with them, and yeah, um, obviously um, it's a good uh, sort of test for us, a League Two side, isn't it? Uh, uh, who did very well the back end, uh, second half of the season after an appalling start with uh, with their campaign, and they just fell short at the end there, getting into the playoffs. So they've got a real, real uh, strong squad. So it'll just be uh, a good chance for Chesterfield to test ourselves and that's exactly what you want you know I, going back to what Daz said I think this is the best squad going into a season on paper since we signed Sam Klukas just after the start of the season you know so you're looking at 2014 aren't you and what a what a fantastic squad uh, that was you know so really just hope's eternal and then like I say just a couple more additions and we're just about there I think Yes, yes, I, I, I think we're nearly ready. I think it'll be a big advantage that there won't be a huge turnover during the uh, the season. And, and if the players that we speculated about move out, they're not ones who've been heavily involved in the last few games. No. So it's, there's going to be there's going to be seven or eight players who were heavily involved in the second half of the season, starting on day one. You know, it, it's not going to be 13 debuts. We're not going to be on. Uh, on the record number of debuts uh, scenario again, aren't we? And 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 of some of the players that came in latterly, uh, Rowan Oyeleka uh, really uh, started to show their value, student in the in the in the last few games. They they came in at a time when winning was 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 absolutely paramount, and it didn't immediately happen. But they showed their value, didn't they, later on, Oyeleka and Rowan? But they did, didn't they? I mean, Roe, if they ever have a, a special teams in association football, um, then Roe would, would have to be on the bench and you'd trundle him on to take any free kick that was in the opponent's half, wouldn't you? Yes. Um, but, but, he, but he showed so much more value to the side. I mean, I, I, I suppose I, I would have expected him to, to be more of a, a, a recognisable striker when we signed him, you know, and, and not someone who drops as deep as he does, but his part in, in the, um, in the good goal against Notts County, the teamwork goal against Notts County, um, was absolutely paramount, was it? To be able to hold on to it for that long, while Clark, who won the ball and passed it to you, then went past you and got in a position to cross, yes. you know, to be able to do that as, as a National League player is a fantastic skill. You know? Yeah, and the little, the little ball he did for well, the goal a couple of games ago, I can't quite remember which one it was, but I'm sure you'll, uh, mm-hmm. you'll remember. Was that, and Oyeleka has, has turned into a brilliant player for me as well. Uh, yeah. Occasionally, you know, sort of gets a bit over-enthusiastic, I think, and, and, and perhaps loses the ball a bit more than he should. But he had a spell of about three or four games where 
I don't think you could count on one hand in, in all of those games a number of times he gave the ball away. If yeah, somebody would give him the ball and he'd give it to a blue shirt. Somebody yes, giving the ball, he'd give it to a blue shirt every time. And people kind of criticise players like that in the past who don't, you know, don't always look up and try and do the Hollywood passes and stuff like that. But if you can pass pass the ball to somebody in a blue shirt, it means that the opposition haven't got it and they're not going to score. You know. And 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 Daz, old old dogs new tricks. Curtis Weston's really gone into that u- uber defensive midfield position really well, hasn't he? He's the man who drops back if any of the central defenders carry the ball forwards. And he's another one that you you miss when he's not playing. Uh, he's had an absolutely terrific season and rewarded. He 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 was in the Radio Sheffield Select eleven with George Carline, Lawrence Maguire in the National League team of the season. But but Weston's really adapted into that that true holding midfielder role from a a box to box player, hasn't he? He he's he's been terrific for me the last two and a half years, to be honest. Um, He's uh, he's just a leader on the pitch. He's totally committed. He never gives you less than his best. Um, he's got nuts. He's still got a bit of pace. He's clearly fit beyond his years, if you like. He's he's not young, is he? But they all they all call him what is it, the machine or something? Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, Phil, he's he's adapted terrifically well. Um, in fact. When when we did lose him for a couple of games and Oyeki and getting back to Martin Smith played, particularly the onslaught in the second half of Aldershot and the the game at Bromley, which was a tough old battle, those two were terrific in his absence. Mm. And I'm yes. sure Oyeki's been signed as his long-term replacement, in all honesty. But yeah. they found themselves playing together and, and really doing a terrific job. Yes, uh, absolutely. Well, we've, we've we've gone just over an hour, and we've not altered the phrase "mad gav." <laughs> uh, um, every now and again, Paul, you get somebody who, for whatever reasons, become cult heroes, and I'm not quite sure what the rules are on <laughs> cult heroes. But you know, you're talking about the the the, the Newtons of this world and uh, everything along those lines. Uh, but Mad Gav is, has been the most recent cult hero, hasn't he? And uh, what a ride he's had. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was uh, a vital side. He's somebody that identified by James Rowe, isn't he? He's a leader. And that's what you want in your, your, your team. You don't just need one particular lead. You need quite a few. You know, I can th- I'll throw Tom Denton into there as well as being a, a cult hero. They call him the GOAT, don't they? Even the, yeah. the club has the old GOAT, goat sign when it's on Twitter and, and whatnot. So, you know, uh, you get these these players that, you know, I'm sure there's going to be Mad Gab t-shirts uh, knocking about counterfeit outside the, uh, the 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 ground next season, possibly. Well, well, but we've, you, got you do. Players, yeah. um, we've got quite a few players who uh, are from Liverpool in the squad, so there's a high well, chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get in touch with uh, some uh, some neighbours and friends and neighbours from there from there particularly. So yeah. Um, yeah, you need players of his of his caliber, you know. So he's not quick, is he? But he just reads the game really well, and he's strong, determined. He's not afraid of a ruckus. All the Notts County supporters last week were they were anti-Gav. They they didn't uh, particularly like him at all. But you know, you know, we've got him. You haven't, and uh, you know, so they they ended up winning the game fine. But you know, give me give me Mad Gav in our squad any day. 
Yeah, and of course, Notts County aren't in the final. Torquay and Hartlepool this uh, this weekend. Who do we? Uh, and to be fair, from a purely selfish point of view, uh, they're the two furthest away that could have been. So yeah. you know, in, in in reducing the miles. And there's, on, on there's that, also a lesson, Phil. Don't get yeah. rid of your manager mid-season. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And um, yeah, I, I'll I'll certainly be. Uh, Willing talkie on Aaron Downs as much as uh, as much as anything, and it's an awful long way to go. We do like going to Turkey for the weekend. I was down there this weekend, mm. uh, um, but you know it, it, it's another long distance Southern team, and you know they played they played some decent football as have Hartlepool, uh, um, you know. But I, I, I'd, I'd like Turkey to win for the weekend. What about uh, what about you other guys? Daz, what what do you what would you yeah. like to hear? I'll I'll put my finance head on as a, as the as, as our chief financial officer was speaking to me earlier and said he really wants Hartlepool to lose because um, I mean Hartlepool not Stockport Grimsby et al in the league apart from it being bloody difficult. It will produce us some serious revenue next season, whereas in fairness to Torquay, it won't. You know, um, and will cost us a bob or two to get there and back. So, um, yeah, I think I think Torquay have finished second. They deserve to go up. If I'm being completely honest, but yeah, yeah, Stu. Uh, from a footballing perspective, I really don't have an opinion either way because um, it's not us. And that's and that's kind of. That that reduces the interest for me after we go out. Um, I I yeah I'm I'm with um, Andy Phantom on this one. Uh, keep Hartlepool down because they'll bring, you know, for the right time of the season they might bring 750 people dressed up as Smurfs or Tarzans or whatever it is, whatever it might be this year, you know. Um, whereas Torquay, bless them, um, first time I ever saw T- Torquay at Saltergate, I think they brought three. It was a Sunday <laughs> game. You know. Well, yes, it was our very first Sunday game, wasn't it? Very mm, first yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, Oh, I can't remember how many away fans there were that day. I'll, I'll vow to your knowledge on that. But I bet it wasn't three. <laughs> I just, well, I didn't know. I just remember seeing on the on the cross street end, which, which yeah. had town fans on it for some reason, um, that there were a little knot of three yellow-clad supporters in the middle of it all, you know. Well, have, yeah. you, have you got a, a, a favourite? Um, my heart says I'd like Aaron Downs, Scott Bowden, and Gary Johnson to go up. Johnson is a nice, nice bloke. Yeah. Um, but my head says Hartlepool because they're the the best side I've seen this season. Yeah. So, well, um, I think uh, I think yeah, Dave Challen has been uh, done a good job there. Yes, he has. He has done a terrific job, and their uh, their their record in in the second half of the season was, was extremely good as well. It was, it yeah. was hardly Sutton and Chesterfield that were the three um, top point scorers, wasn't it? For most of the second half of the, mm-hmm. of the season. But uh, um, I, I, I'm not sure I'll watch it on Sunday, to be honest. I'm not sure I'll be watching the game or not. Uh, um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think, uh, I think the lure of the Technique Stadium and the fair, uh, taking my granddaughter there might might win it. <laughs> oh right, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the competition. That's the sort of competition that football has. Uh, <laughs> Six-year-old six granddaughter and another trophy for Chesterfield, by the way, which my uh, which Pippa has played a 
great part in. They've won the Planet Super League yeah. tournament, which were the 24 teams in it, and Chesterfield were the only non-league side. All the rest were the Football League and Premier League sides, and uh, it was all about sustainability, doing things to uh, to reduce carbon footprint. Uh, 11 fixtures played, 11 fixtures won, and uh, uh, there were two groups. Uh, uh, and the champions were the ones with the most points, which were Chesterfield. Northampton did really well. They won the other group, but uh, lost one of their earlier fixtures. So they were played 11-1-10, whereas Chesterfield were 11-11. And uh, I think the trophy being presented uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. So uh, I'll be uh, I'll be there with with young Pippa uh, because her mummy can't make it. She she can't get away from uh, away from work. So I've got to take Pip to be part of the receiving. Uh, party for the for the trophy so uh, so uh, well done so trophies everywhere apart from in the first team uh, unfortunately so uh, such is such is life uh, so are we all hopeful uh, for for next season confident for next season we've seen what James Rowe can do we've hardly mentioned him today but he's had plenty of mentions in the last few podcasts but um, you know are we going to go one step further next year, Paul? Uh, yes. Um, with the competition, I don't know if uh, we're going to go straight up. I think it might be a straight swap between us and Notts County, I think, uh, next season. I thought Notts County were excellent in the game against uh, game against us. And if they continue to go off that vein, then I think there'll be a, a good barometer which we can test ourselves. And I think it'll be uh, it'll be those two. Uh, us and us and Notts County challenging for the top two spots, I think. Uh, Stu, um, I, I think we are certainly, obviously, in in the best position to mount um, a successful challenge uh, that than we have been since we were relegated. Uh, yeah, whether we can do it or not, there are a number of teams still sort of sloshing about in this division that you would expect to challenge alongside us, aren't there? Um, it just seems to get stronger and stronger and more difficult and more difficult every year. But, um, but yes, I think we can do it. Um, be interesting to see how, how everybody copes with the weight of expectation rather than the sort of glorious surprise that last season turned out to be um, you no, know. I'm just looking yeah just looking at Notts County uh, they released their retain list earlier and I just call that up mm. um, of course oh, Ellis boy. and Miller who caused lots of problems against us alone players that have returned they've released uh, Baldwine he's uh, he's gone um, Michael Doyle's been offered the uh, head coach role and they've offered new contracts to uh, half a dozen of their, their players Slocum, Brooks, Rawlinson, Chickson, Kelly Evans and O'Brien, who clearly are obviously out of contract. And, uh, that means they've got three, six, seven, eight players left under contract. So there'll be changes at mm-hmm. Notts County um, as, as well, for sure. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what that happens. And Stockport, of course, are bound to be strong as well. And Daz, to finish it off, um, yeah, w- what are your thoughts for next season? Ooh, um I think, as Stu says, it's getting stronger and stronger. I mean, whether the so-called Hollywood boys at um, Wrexham will actually throw some money at it, time will only tell. Um, I don't think Southend have got any money to throw at it, and uh, they will find the transition difficult. I think Grimsby will cope better. 
because Paul Hurst has experience of, of this league and getting Grimsby out of it, so I think with him in charge, they'll not be far away. So as far as to say, for Santi was fit from August, we will have a great chance of winning it. Yeah. But as he's not, I think we will comfortably make the playoffs and then you just take your chances, don't you? Yeah, OK. Well, lovely. It's uh, been a great season of contrasting fortunes, hasn't it? Uh, Who would have thought when uh, we did the podcast in the light of the defeat against Notts County and followed that up with... Uh, up and the, the previous defeat against Altrincham would have been talking about being disappointed to lose in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, still trying to get to know a whole host of new signings. I think the, the, the two that we've heard about in terms of Loach and Grimes have taken it to over 20 signings uh, since last November. Uh, yeah. and, and bearing in mind, most supporters won't have seen any of those players play in the flesh. <laughs> Just those few yeah. people that were lucky enough to have have been at the Dagenham game uh, uh, were there. So there's there's an awful lot to look forward to. You know, Daryl's already told us that season tickets have gone well and it's still early bird, early bird prices for another two weeks. Yeah. So there's always a, a, a rush in the final week of early bird, isn't there? So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have a chance to get some more. I can't wait. It's certainly a season that I'm looking forward to more than any for quite some considerable time. Uh, 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 probably about 14, 15 season after winning promotion, the championship from from League Two uh, under Paul Cook, uh, um, because you know the following season uh, after the playoffs, you know certainly wasn't looking forward to Dean Saunders uh, no, uh, no. Uh, lead, leading the team out. Although we did play really well in that first game against Barnsley, but such <laughs> yeah. Like that. But, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think there's hope. Not only on the park, but off the park as well. And you know, Daryl, just to finish off, you know best of all how that's uh, how that's going. And, and the phrase "different gravy," I think, uh, needs to be uh, needs to be said. Uh, the the commitment of each and every one of the board, all of the staff, you know, and the uh, and the Phantom, and of course John Fruit. Just to get us to where we are today is, is a miracle. Uh, there is no doubt, I think Mike said this in his recent interview with Elastic, that there's no doubt in his mind that had they not bought the club when they did, it would have folded. And, you know, we can't even contemplate what that would have meant. Um, so to be where we are now, I think we're in good hands. Um, there's the enthusiasm, the goodwill factor is still very much there, isn't it? That, that we hope will be there um, throughout all this COVID that we've had, pandemic and everything else we've had to put up with. So, yeah, the the future is bright. And uh, given a little bit of luck, which I don't think we really had in the last two or three months, particularly with the critical injuries, I don't think we'll be far away next time. And uh, it'll be great to see... As you say, a lot of people see the team for the first time, backing the team. If we get off to a good start, you know, the the estimates of four and a half and five thousand will go right out the window. So, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting times and an exciting summer ahead, I think. And and you know, to add to that, off the field uh, uh, um, element, I had a, a a good conversation with Terry Ward, who was the architect of the stadium, who's on the board now, and the things like supporter bars and state-of-the-art training facilities 
they're they're a lot further down the line than most people would think. They're 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 a lot further down the line than just being pipe dreams. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. so much work uh, going on to make the club better and be part of the community. We just talked about the Planet Super League and everything along those lines, and uh, uh, you know the the amount of uh, uh, work that'll be done on that. We'll see kids from schools coming to matches much more often than has been uh, the case ever before to try and get them the first taste of watching Chesterfield and seeing it as a positive uh, uh, place. And I, you know, from what Terry was saying, I'll not steal, steal his thunder, but I, I think I think the supporters' bar is going to be much more than a supporters' bar. It's not just going to be for people to turn up on a Saturday afternoon. So really, really exciting times to be a Spireite uh, at, at the moment. And, you know, it, it's the time to capture that moment on the pitch as well, and and I think after the uh, uh, the, the last six or, six or seven months, I think the time's right to be able to bring everything together into uh, a winning team and a winning club, and uh, get us back to where we need to be. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, I I agree uh, as well. I I just pay tribute as well and thanks to the board for being able to get us into this position in the first place. So uh, they're all Chesterfield supporters, and that's. That's what we like to, to read and hear and uh, and full credit to them that it's been a phenomenal job that they've they've done. And thank you to them for listening to this podcast as well, because I know that they, I know that they do. So uh, yeah. well done them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, we've got right to the end and I've not mentioned Martin Thacker. He'll be gutted. So they are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I often say to Martin. If I see him after I've not seen him for a week or two, I say oh, I thought you died because I didn't see your picture in the Derbyshire Times this week. And <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, and he says sometimes I see it and I think I must have died because I'm not in it. So, <laughs> so there you go. Thanks to uh, to everybody at the club for giving us such a, a memorable, if ultimately uh, uh, frustrating season right at the end. And thank you for listening to a season's worth of podcasts with uh, me, Phil Tooley, Paul Fisher, Stuart Batten, and Daryl Carpenter. And if you want us, I'm sure we'll be back. Rabbiting along next season. Do you know what? We might be in the same room together in that for real electronic. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the summer. Come on, England. Oh, just finally, finally, if you're not turned off, uh, Danny Rowe, I think, tweeted for that Czech Republic second goal against Scotland. Tap in. And if you like this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and many of your favourite podcast providers. They'll be happy to know that as you saw me go, I was singing this song. We meet again, don't know where. Don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day.